Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. We start with Jake Shapiro writing about how Nikola Jokic after the game last night said that all this MVP talk has been at times, quote, unhealthy. Now, Jokic went out last night and for the first time since late October, failed to shoot better, 50% or better from the field. It was the third longest streak of shooting 50% or better in a game in NBA history. You you made a great point of, uh, earlier saying, look, no matter how much an athlete comes across like he really doesn't care what people are saying. Yeah. And Jokic is probably near the top of the list when it comes to guys who really probably truly don't care. Sure. They still hear things, right? Do you think all this debate about Jokic and stat padding and, uh, you know, he's, he's getting MVPs because of... Uh, Racial bias? Do you think that war on him at all, and and explains away a game that for him was very unYokic like? That stuff wears on you in that as much as you try not to pay attention, your own inner circle brings it up. You know, so whoever's in your circle are like, "Hey, that's BS, man." They're talking about they like you can't help but hear it. Yeah, it's kind of like when you're taking that long run and you're undefeated for a long period of time as a football team, you go through six, seven, eight games. Pretty soon, you don't want to hear any of it. Like, you don't want to talk about it. You know, like, can they go undefeated through the season? How good are they? You know, you don't want to hear any of it. You just want to kind of keep your head down and keep, plod, uh, you know, plodding forward. And then, you, like, your own mother calls you and says, well, what are you thinking? You guys go, you know, undefeated. And you're like, mom, you don't. Like, that's not, that was never the goal, right? But you can't help, you cannot get away from it. It starts, you, it starts to infiltrate. You start to hear it. And then it almost becomes like one of those superstitious things. You're like, you're, you're going, you're breaking your routine to try to avoid it. You know what I'm saying? And then it just, it, it, it can wear on you. It, it just can bother you. And certainly that could be, you know, that could be a reason for poor performance or, not hitting fifty percent of his shots. Some of it is you're down, so you're hoisting up threes. Right. You know that that happens too. He said, "Quote: It's one game. I actually think we we're playing good. We have weaknesses. Everybody has weaknesses. Hey, they're they were they were twenty twenty four and one in their last twenty five at home. They're still eight and two in their last ten games. They still have a seven game lead over everybody else in the Western Conference." Right. It's not a thing until it becomes a thing. They go on the road for six of their next seven. 
tell you what, if they start to string together more performances like the one we saw last night and Jokic has more performances like the one last night, hey, maybe we could start speculating about all kinds of things about all this talk is is bothering him or getting to him or he's feeling more pressure or he's, he's getting worn down, whatever. Until I see more evidence, I'm just going to pass off last night. It's just one of those nights. Just one of those nights. Uh, I can't find it. Where is my Where is my little uh, sounder there? I, I, oh, this is. Oh, there we go. There it is. There. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, back to DenverSports.com. Will Peterson writing how Jared Bednar gave us a update on Gabe Landeskog that was actually uh, not something that we had heard before. So we know that Gabe has had two surgeries. He had the one about a year ago that he came back from in time to be a star in the in right. the playoffs and, and help win the Avs Stanley Cup. Then he had another one in October that he has yet to come back from. Jared Bednar revealed that the two surgeries were different. Mm-hmm. You speak injury. What what does that mean? Same knee, but different what what, what is right. what does it mean? Well I mean you're you're two different procedures like you can go in and and i've done this before mike like where you go in during the course of a season and you say hey man we got a we got some loose bodies or we got a you know a little tear here we're gonna clean that up and when we're in there we find hey man you got you know kind of a raw spot on the bone of your knee while we were in there we saw that and um you know after we're gonna let it heal for a while we're gonna see if that heals up if it doesn't if it's still bothering you when we come back in october then we're gonna have to clean. Then we're gonna have to go back in and do a different procedure. So when Bednar says uh, Landeskog's current knee injury is unrelated to the issue dealt with last season, but quote, I'm sure it didn't help. Certainly. So I mean, again, I'll go back to, and I know we're never gonna, you know, the, the hockey people are so secretive about these things, but the more, the more I hear, and and the more the puzzle pieces fit together, like like I said, you go in, you do a debridement. You clean up some of the issues. You clean up some of the the floating particles. You you wash the knee out. You do that, and you say, okay, roll. You know, get back on your skates, and let's just gut it up throughout the playoffs. Then you say, hey, let's let it calm down and see if it just kind of scars over itself, or see if it and it doesn't. It's still bothering you. Then you would got to go in there and actually perform the procedure, which is which I told you. My guess, if I had to guess, and and again, this is purely speculative. But it just feels to me, based on the timing and everything else, it feels to me that you did some type of microfracture. Like you had a raw spot on the top of your bone somewhere that wasn't going to heal on its own and or didn't heal on its own. And, and then you went in and, and, you know, did that procedure that might, which is basically puncturing holes in the bone, letting the bone bleed, letting it start to develop a scar tissue, which acts as a secondary articular cartilage surface. So it's like, think of articular cartilage like formica on the top of a kitchen counter. That's what it is. You had a hole in it. You try to repair that hole. That takes a buttload of time. And there can be setbacks along the way. There's always setbacks because it's soft. So as soon as you get going on it and you hit that spot... Again, it can reboot or bruise the bone. It can irritate that area. Like that, once that bone is exposed, man, it's a really, it's a really tender area. So when Bednar says, quote, do I think that he could easily come out of this and be fine? Yeah. 
but also acknowledges the team's unsure when or if Landis Gog will be able to return this season. Quote, only time will tell. Reset what you said earlier about where you would place the odds of first a Gabe Landis Gog return this year and Gabe Landis Gog return playing like Gabe Landis Gog. I would say... For me, just based on, and again, I don't know anything. I have no medical information on this. I would say... Fever, tell me you got that. I don't know anything. Right. I could use that later. Yes. Down the road. (laughs) I don't know anything about the situation. Ah, There you go. Aboot. Excuse me. I don't know anything about the situation. But I I think 60% chance that he, likelihood that he returns, and about 10% chance that he is Gabe Landeskog. 90% 90% chance that he's labeled Gandiscog. If your numbers are even close to being accurate, then you know what you do? You shut him down. You, you, you don't, you don't, because you have to. Oh, you shut him down. You shut him down. You said you shot. <laughs> Putting out oh, a bad not, horse in the glue factory. Jeez. Lord have mercy. Not Come here, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> Lower him into the pit? <laughs> no, that's not what I said. Lord have mercy. Shut him down. Not shoot him. You think they got a big hole dug somewhere? <laughs> oh, toss him in there? Oh, man. Oh, no, I said, you, in this case, both sides need to be thinking about, well, th- their investment. And Gabe still signed for several more years yeah. with big money. I think at least another six years he signed for. So he needs to be thinking about his own career. Mm-hmm. And they have need to be thinking about their investment. So we all want Gabe to come back. But if if you are even close to that number, that it's only about 10% that he can come back and be a force, then don't bother. Yeah. Then don't bother. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. <laughs> Andrew Mason. This is good. I, I really encourage people to check this out. We celebrated the uh, one-year anniversary of Russell Wilson being traded to the Broncos yesterday. And Mace comes up with 10 dates that got the Broncos and Wilson to this point that we're at right now. It's it's really good stuff. He talks about, like, June 1st. It was just a simple day during uh, OTAs where Tim Patrick met the media. And Patrick shared a little bit about... Nathaniel Hackett's scheme, how they were trying to meld a scheme of Hackett's concepts along with Wilson's preferences. And Patrick said the offense, quote, the offense is difficult. Just the regular routine practice is not going to be enough to get it down pat. So we have to do things on our own so we can get it. Like meeting Russell's office on Tuesdays with his whiteboard and he puts in a different play, that type of thing. Practices before the practice during camp. Yeah. I think that's going to end. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But but check it out. There's some, some really good, timely uh, dates. November 27th when Mike Purcell and, and Wilson, or Purcell, no, it wasn't a back and forth. It was Purcell snapping at Wilson. That's right. I don't know. I didn't really hear it. I didn't really pay. That was that was Hackett. Yeah. He was standing right there. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I wasn't really paying attention. Well, that, that probably is true. What are we going to eat tonight? 
<laughs> I am starving. <laughs> I didn't really see what was going on. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. That's my so, guy. That's your guy. That's Hagi. Hey. I love it. He's a great By the way, dude. Great you, dude. you are this, this close to getting the last laugh here. Oh, are you ready? Wait. When Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, I'm just going to send out a tweet. I told you so. Meaning? Well, I told you they were trying to trade him. So I was a couple of years off. <laughs> and the wrong team. And the wrong team. Details, details. Details. Small details. details. Minor points. Who cares? Right. I just, I am going to be an insufferable turd. I cannot wait. I may spend the whole hour. I may just take like two hours and say, hey, honey, Papa Bear is going to go into his cave and just going to gloat for two hours. Got to put the tie on the door. Yeah. And I am just going to sling rocks from my glass house. <laughs> Can't wait. It feels like that's it's going to happen, huh? It does feel it like, feels it, like it? it's going to happen. Because throughout the whole Rodgers thing, it was, yeah, but he could still return to Green Bay. You know, there's still in the Green Bay side of things. We're still confident that he he would come back. That the the, the bridges weren't burned or anything like that. But now you're you're not hearing any of that. It's 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 just a matter of if he wants to play mm-hmm. first of all, and then where other than Green Bay? Yeah. Feels like it's going to be the Jets. Green Bay doesn't even feel like it's a, it's in the mix. All those Green Bay pay. He his contract. He, you can't trade him. He won't. Ha- nope. You can't. It's ironclad. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Feels good to be right. But it also proves that Nathaniel Hackett was here for Aaron Rodgers. There, there's Listen, just no. Well, we both hands or butts. We about both it. know it was. It was. We both know it was that. in the works. Oh yeah, it didn't happen. I get it. Didn't happen. They, everybody jumps on me because it didn't happen. But it was in the works so much so that the following year they go get Nathaniel Hackett, who has no experience, never call. He didn't even call plays. He did in Jacksonville and some in Buffalo too. But you know what I'm saying? Because head coach, which, which. Got to call a little BS here on George Payton because you know Payton made it sound like you know I've been working on this thing for two years, making it sound like Russ was was option, option number one. one all along. Come on, no, it wasn't. Come on, no. The hiring of Hackett was a very very clear sign that most of us correctly saw at the time. Come on, that was that was made to lure. Rogers here, and then when it didn't work out, it was and it was a good play. I I don't I don't I would have loved to have had Aaron Rodgers here. Yeah, would have loved it. You, I joked every day about how I lit a candle every night for Aaron Rodgers. Right. I, I wanted it to happen, and the Broncos were in such desperate straits at that point that if if hiring Nathaniel Hackett as a precursor was was used as bait, I get it. But it also explains once it didn't work that Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson was doomed. Yeah. Doomed. Oh, yeah. Doomed from the beginning. Dude, the, Nathaniel Hackett was nothing more than nothing more than, than dough urine. You know how hunters go out and squirt themselves with dough urine? Oh. It's like a, what, what do they call that? Like a pheromone? Or a fer- pheromone? Yeah, pheromone so. or something like that. Wolf bathes in it. Yeah. And it's smelling like dough piss. 
You roll out in the woods and bears start going, what is that? That smells delicious. They start rolling around and scratching their backs on trees and marking their territory with their big bear paws. That's what that's what Nathaniel had. Second was. time today. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> what? What? This directly goes. This, this, by the way, this Mark Solo Punchy again, folks. He's on. He and his wife are on serious, serious uh, New York, London, Paris, Munich. Everybody talking about now. This goes back to. A You're taking care of three little kids oh, right yeah. now. But this goes back to. This goes back to somebody you responded to on the text line. I don't. I don't appreciate your body humor. I want real sports. But... Like, turn the channel, <laughs> turd. Like, I don't. I don't care what you. You realize? I tell you what. Here's the. Here's the deal. When you get your own radio show, you can talk about all sports all the time. <laughs> this is my radio show and Mike's radio show, and we'll talk about what we want to talk about. <laughs> Take that for data. You don't like it. Hey, as we have said many times over the last seven years, we don't know if you find this funny at all. <laughs> we're laughing our asses off here, yeah. so that's all we that really. That's all we really entertain ourselves. Yeah, that's all we're really trying to do. Yeah. By the way, the Broncos host the Jets this year. Ooh. So how about that? I'm telling you what, the Jets are. Jets are boy. The Jets are doing anything they can do just to erase. The, the skid mark that's on their underpants of the quarterbacks they've drafted in the top three. Speaking of D-Mac. Pay no attention to Sam Darnold. Yeah. Pay no attention to Zach Wilson. Right. We're right. going to throw up a Hail Mary here just to cover up our egregious Aaron, draft mistakes. Aaron Rodgers is the equivalent of buying black underpants. <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? We keep soiling ourselves. We're just going to buy some black underpants. So here are the quarterbacks that are scheduled to come in next year. Ooh, okay. Now, now we're talking. You ready? Here we go. Sports. To come in here. Okay. Sports, 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 sports. Right. You got Patrick Mahomes. He's pretty good. I'm here. Justin Herbert. Pretty good. Aaron Rodgers. Pretty good. Yeah, Desha- you're assuming he's already going to be I'm yeah, assuming this. Okay. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Jerry's out. Kirk Cousins. Yes. You like that? You like that. And... Squishy Mac. Mac Jones. At least for now. <laughs> There's all kinds of rumblings out in New England that Bill is ready to move on from Squishy, Squishy Mac. Day by day. Yeah. I don't I, like Squishy Mac. I'm hearing, I'm hearing played, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, yeah. return rumors. I, Squishy Mac played pretty well, and then they decided not to give him an offensive coordinator. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. Squishy's uh, yeah. fault. I don't know if you're. Trying to develop a second-year quarterback in today's NFL that is all slanted towards the offense, you might want to give that young quarterback, I don't know, a guy that's actually, you know, called offensive plays in the NFL. Yeah. Gosh. You want to talk about just an awful experiment. Who else? Let's see. Do we? Well, let's, let's play a little game here. Right. You love games. By the way, that's what's going on at DenverSports.com, the DenverSports.com front page. If you had to guess... The identity of the other quarterbacks that will come into town next year. The Raiders quarterback. Jared Stidham. You think Jared Stidham, 
holding the seat for a draft pick. How about that? Okay, no, I'll go with that. They have the seventh overall pick and Josh McDaniels. Josh would be smart because um, while I don't agree with overdrafting quarterbacks that you have second-round grades on, picking them in the first round, which uh, teams do now all the time, there is a there is a strategy to it that makes a lot of sense. And here's where it makes sense. It buys you job security. Because you draft the young quarterback, now you kind of can can, can mm-hmm. slow play it a little bit. Hey, you know, this is our guy. This is our future. Right. But he's not quite ready yet, so we're going to go with this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, but then, you know, see, so that buys you some time. Then when you in, in, inevitably make the switch to the guy some point in that first season, now it's like, all right, here's the rookie quarterback. He's going to need some time. We have to be patient. Yeah. So... From that standpoint, it well, makes they, sense. W- would the Raiders have to move up? Because, they, I mean, it, it feels like right now Young is going to go one overall or it, somebody's going to move up to one overall with Chicago. Chicago's going to move out of that pick, gain more picks. And then, you know, all the mock drafts have C.J. Stroud going four overall to Indianapolis. Oh, we're, we're now talking about uh possibility of, what did I see most recently, five in the top ten? QBs? Yeah. Uh, Will Levis? Levis. What? Yeah. Um, oh, the kid that, that blew up at the uh, Anthony Richardson from Florida. Oh, okay. The kid that was just unbelievably athletic? Yes. Um, yeah, that's a good reason to draft him in the top 10. That always works. Desperation will make you do, desperation and job security will make you do these things. Overdraft quarterbacks. Well, also the what you've done with the collective bargaining agreement the the fact that you allowed you allowed the owners to have the rookie wage scale. I love how we did that as players. It's just so stupid, which is so stupid. But how we allowed, like, hey, I know you as a rookie and you as a guy in college have no like you've got no voice in this. So let me. Completely screw you. Wow! You wait in. a minute. Hold on now. A second. Now, what? 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 Well, what what's that's more player on player? What, what, yeah, but what's more stupid? The the rookie wage scale or giving Jamarcus Russell sixty million dollars guaranteed or or um, uh, who's the other doofus? Um, not Matthew Stafford. The other one. Um, ah, bounced around right, Oklahoma. Um, oh, oh. anyway, the, these guys that. Got sixty million guaranteed before they even played it down. Yeah, Mark Brad or uh, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford. Yeah. Yes. What? Well, what's more stupid is you, as a players' association, allowing allowing the owners to pull that over you on on top. Really, like, I would think that you, as a player, and I guess you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but I, yeah, I would think yeah, that you, wrong. as a player, would rather have a rookie come into the league on a on a fixed wage scale. Rather than some guy coming in and, and and getting that obscene amount of money before they've even put a squirt of urine in their in their NFL bucket, right on the surface, and that's how they got you. That's how they. I I I told the NFLPA this will exactly. So you what like the players holding out? Oh yeah, for sixty million dollars, all oh, this yeah. stuff because chaos, what, all this stuff. Because when you're a guy like me and you prove that you can play. Your next contract, exactly what I told Demora Smith, and it, when they when they called me to 
talk to me about this collective bargaining agreement. This is exactly what I told him. You guys are acting. What you're doing right now is acting like this bar called Chilkoot Charlie's that I used to go to when I was in college in Alaska. And their motto, Chilkoot Charlie's motto, it's still there today. We cheat the other guy and pass the savings on to you. You think that the owners are going to take money, save money on rookies and pass it to the middling veterans? You're stupid. Oh, they'll pass it to the quarterbacks. They'll pass it to the five guys who make the majority of the money, but they're not going to pass it to the middling. You acted like they were just going to, hey, now that we've saved all this money and we're billionaires, let's go ahead and spread the wealth. <laughs> you guys are dumb. It's like that. Like they didn't become billionaires by sharing. <laughs> like That's not how they do business. Yeah, they're going to overpay the quarterbacks because they can't help themselves. What was it called? Chilkoots? Chilkoot Charlie's. You looking it up? Is that a 2435 Spinard Road? Spinard Road. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, let me tell you, that is, uh, that's the Glendale of Anchorage. <laughs> <laughs> a small little suburb of Denver made up mostly of strip malls and strip joints. Yes. There are no, hey, we're not going to. Press charges. <laughs> There's no laws. Here. This is the Wild West. Yeah. In Glendale. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Uh, coming up next, what went wrong with the Nuggets last night? And is it clear at the Nuggets game that Broncos country sent a very clear message? That's next. You're going to need a bigger boat. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. Why is this that you're so... You're so... Big. Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake. Big. Huge. What I love about this business is that even the people in charge are still in their hearts of hearts fans. Oh, I know. So our program director, Raj Sharon, big Nuggets fan. Yeah. Big Nuggets fan. Grew up loving the Nuggets. Loves the Nuggets. Right? So, like, when they made, when Phoenix made the trade for Kevin Durant, he was immediately, we're screwed. We're done. Right. We're, it's over. It, yeah, exactly. Then I talked him off the ledge. I said, relax. They still they only have 20 games to gel. They've mm-hmm. got injury issues. And lo and behold, Durant goes out in pregame warm-ups yesterday with a sprained ankle. Guys in pregame warm-ups. Sprains an ankle ends up leaving the arena in a how, boot. How do, you sprain, how do you sprain your ankle to a point where you need a boot in pregame warm-ups? Well, he went through the rest of the pregame. Like it was a, a tweaked ankle, they right. thought. Went through the rest of the warm-up. But then the ankle started to swell. And as a precaution, they shut him down, right. put him in a boot, and he's going to get an MRI today. So right. so that that's how I, I talked to him. About. So I said, how are you feeling right now after what happened last night? He goes, oh, I'm not worried about, about the regular season at all. I said, well, then what are you worried about? He goes, I'm worried about Michael Malone. Really? I said, okay, James Merrill. Why? Yeah. You've been hanging out with James too long. All right, chicken. But his, I, I said, what do you mean specifically? We talk about uh, rotations or use of timeouts. He goes, no, I'm worried about if a series gets drawn out and is really tight back and forth, is Michael Malone able to work the refs in uh, press conferences like all great coaches tend to do? Meaning, if you lose a game, are you able to work the officials, get fined, 
come out, work the officials in between games so that you get the friendlier whistle the next game. I mean, think about the, the coaches over the years who are masters at it. Phil Jackson. I mean, he was just a, a maestro at it. Popovich. Steve Kerr to a, a, a certain... Uh, Pat Riley back in the day. You know, some of these coaches who just are... The, the moment they lose a game, they just they get they sit up there in the press conference and they just start planting seeds all over. They're just sowing seeds of well, you know, hey, uh, look at look at let me look at the stat sheet. Wow, Nikola Jokic only took uh, three free throws. Are you kidding me? And uh, oh, look at uh, Clay Thompson. He, you know, he took seven. What, what's going on here? Like, is is Michael Malone prepared to do those kind of things? Is that important? Okay. Is 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 Raj yeah, freaking sure, out? Sure. No, I think that I think working the refs and and you know trying to get yourself some favorable calls and all those things. Yeah, I think that's important. I think it's really hard to do when you don't have a bunch of bona fide superstars and you're playing against teams. I mean, let's face it. So you get against Phoenix, and let's say all things equal, Phoenix is healthy. Okay, you've got Nikola Jokic as a bona fide superstar. You don't have anybody else who's ever played an All Star game. You look at the Phoenix Suns, you got Booker, you've got Chris Paul. Yep. You have got DeAndre Ayton. Well, not bona fide superstar, but No, but he's been, I think he's been he's been an all star. Yeah. You've got Durant. Like who is more likely than not to get more favorable whistles in that series? So I I think part of it has to do with I don't care how good your coach is at at being a maestro, the guys you just mentioned, you mentioned Phil Jackson. You mentioned um, uh, Popovich. Popovich yep. You mentioned Pat Riley back then. Yep. You mentioned Steve Kerr. Right. Like, and it's to the point where, you know, a lot of times because you hear these coaches, let's face it, they're complaining. They're whining. Right. They're bitching and moaning. And you're sitting here going, wait a minute. you got Michael Jordan. You've got uh, Clay Thompson and Steve Kerr. You've won multiple championships. Why are you resorting to this? Well, it's maybe there's a reason why. Sure. But how much easier is it when you resort to that to get those favorable calls when you have Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen? You but know, then you, why? But why do you still feel even with those guys you still have to go out and work the refs in between games? I want a queen. I think it's I, hey man, I think it's an important aspect of of gamesmanship, and I think good coaches, regardless. You know, whether you're working the umpires in baseball, whether you're working the officials, um, you know, in in the NFL. Like, from a gamesmanship standpoint, you don't think Tom Brady talks to the officials about protecting him? You don't think, like, that's that's the stuff that happens. What would be your one concern about Michael Malone for the playoffs? Um, my one concern, I, I guess... I guess my biggest concern is when the style with which you're playing, you know, like, hey, we got to play great defense and hey, we got to share the ball. And, hey, we got when that style isn't enough. Do you have the personnel and the capability of making some type of dramatic adjustment? You know, you see all the time when teams are getting worn out by the by the Nuggets and worn out by Jokic and worn out, they just get, like, they'll go small and they'll start, you know, pressing the pace and they'll start, you know, and and, and they'll basically say, hey, come out and defend me, you know, Joker. Come out, 
and they'll spread the they'll spread they'll they'll become isolation basketball with athletes. And I've, I've you know I've seen enough games to know that that's something that's an adjustment that teams make to the Nuggets if they have that if they have that capability. This is all this is always one that comes up, and, I, and I'm curious just as a fan, ask you as a player because I think it works with other sports as well. A lot of times you'll you'll get a complaint about a coach, man. He took too long to put that guy back in, or he stayed with that guy too long. Right. And certainly during the course of a long 82-game season, you develop rotations. You yeah. develop substitution and patterns, right? Patterns, right? Yeah. Do you, come playoff time, do you have to move off that? Because as much as it makes sense to us as fans, hey, listen, you got to get that guy back in there. Or that guy's just not playing well. You got to get him out. Why you? Sure. Why you? Why are you allowing him to play through this little rough patch of basketball? That's what the fan in us says. I just wonder, from a player's perspective, if you deviate too much from a, a pattern that's been set during the course of the season, does that signal panic to the players? Right. And do they I think, get a little freaked out by that? Well, I think the playoffs are a different story because I mean. When you're talking about playoffs and you're talking about rest between games and, you know, and nights off and all that stuff, playoff basketball is just different than regular season basketball. And, and, and Raj said this when he came in here, and he's 100% right. There's probably not one game when you talk hockey, you talk about baseball, you talk about football that changes more dramatically. Like, playoff hockey is more intense, but it doesn't change like playoff basketball. Playoff basketball, when you're playing 12 guys during the regular season, you play seven. <laughs> Your rotation shrink. Yeah. Uh, you've got more time between games. All that kind of stuff matters. And so it kind of changes the perspective of, of the game, if you will. Um, anyhow, that, it, it should, making changes shouldn't matter in basketball. It shouldn't. And that's why I asked if it does, because I look at hockey. And coaches are changing lines during playoff games all the time. How many times have we seen, like, your first line doesn't play well one night and they get punished and they, okay, you guys can play second line now. Or or we'll make a change. This guy gets bumped up from the second line up to the first. Or, you know, hey, we're going to double shift this guy. You're going to sit on the bench for a while. Hockey players don't seem to mind the fact that the routine can get changed up yeah, on the fly. Tougher, though. Well, that is true. Superbook Sports presents the Denver Sports 5K Bracket Challenge as we are getting closer and closer to Selection Sunday. The winner of each round receives tickets to every concert at Cheyenne Frontier Days. The grand prize winner takes home $5,000. It's powered by Xfinity 10G, Phil Long Ford, and Twin Peaks. Register now. Get your friends or office pool signed up, too. Sign up at denversports.com slash bracket. One word. One word to describe how Broncos country feels about Sean Payton and this coaching staff. Next. You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. It was interesting at the game last night, and I think the reaction today from our great listeners have, have has proven it. And it's something that we talked about during the course of the Broncos uh, head coaching cycle, the hiring cycle, was like, why Why isn't there more enthusiasm about this? You know, why aren't you more excited about the hiring of Sean Payton? I mean, you guys should really be excited for the first time since Gary Kubiak left 
the the building. You got you got a real coach here, right? But yet that re, that reaction has been muted. And we saw it again last night when Sean Payton and his coaching staff took in the Nuggets game. They're sitting there in a box. They got put up on the big screen. They got introduced. And compared to last year when Russ got introduced or even Nathaniel Hacken and Justin Outen got introduced, it was raucous. This was sort of polite. Muted. Yeah, yeah was kind. Not, not, not just, you know, golf claps, but not a whole lot louder than that, right? Right. So we asked the question today. Broncos country, one word that you would use to describe how you feel about Broncos country right now. And no joke, 80%, at least 80% of the responses all used a word that had a negative to middling connotation. Yeah. It was all skeptical, uh, unsatisfied, um, um, dubious. Cautious. Cautious, yeah. Yeah. There was only a couple of just... Unbridled, like a couple, we had one that was like jacked, bullish, you know. But other than that, it was just a lot of kind of just the overall theme was, you know what? Let's wait and see. Dubious is a great word. I love the word dubious. It reminds me of, uh, of I used to go during training camp sometimes. Tommy Nalen loved, he loved the Simpsons. Just loved the Simpsons. And I would humor Tommy by going up to his room. We'd get done with dinner. And we get ice cream cones, and we go and watch The Simpsons. And Tommy would just sit there like a kid, waiting for his dad to laugh. Like you know, when you showed your you showed your son a couple years ago, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, and he like chuckled at some yeah. parts, and, and I was you like, felt you had I was pride. Like, yeah, I did. Yes. So Tommy would just wait to see if I would chuckle. If I'd laugh at something, Tommy would just be like swell so, with so pride, proud. validation. Yeah, yeah right? validation. Yeah. Okay. And there's a guy, the character on there that always goes, highly dubious. <laughs> I don't know who the character I know, it was is. was a kid, wasn't it? It was one yeah. of the kids. Highly dubious. <laughs> so we would sometimes just be sitting around the hot huddle when something would go down, like some blitz or something. We'd look over there and go, that was highly dubious. <laughs> oh, stupid things Man. that make me, that entertain me. I just, the, God, you talk about one thing that, that that fans have been given more and more of, and it's awesome as sports fans. More and more, we've been allowed to peek behind the curtain, you mm-hmm. know, of, of what it's really like when you guys are out there playing and everything like that. Sounds of the game, mic'd up, all that stuff. Right. But just to be able to plant a microphone in a huddle in sixty of your huddles over oh. the course of a game, like, just some of the things you hear, like TV timeouts were. Hilarious, because we'd just be sitting there talking about like things that happen, and you're just like, oh, like one time I got Tommy just absolutely. We used to say all the time, you feed me through the mouth, not the ear hole, right? Like, hey man, if there's a game coming my way, get him across my face. Don't let him hit me square, because the the D linemen try to they target you, like Jay Trey, he right in the ear hole, in the chin, right, the jaw, and Lamar Lathan. He played for the Carolina Panthers. Big physical guy. Just an unbelievable athlete. Comes screaming down. <laughs> He's going 100 miles an hour from the outside. And, and like, I'm a little bit off balance, and I just just shove him. Well, I didn't get a good enough, so it basically just sped him up through Tommy, and he hit Tommy right in the side of the head, just ass over tea kettle, right? Just a big pile. Tommy. <laughs> And he gets up, and I was like, ooh, sorry, dude. <laughs> We're in TV timeout. And he's like, dude, I think I broke my jaw. He's like, 
that's going to look bad in film. That's just going to... we just be talking Yeah, you about, think you guys are like all like just super laser focused, right? No. You're thinking about like, oh my God, I just got my ass kicked. And that is going to look horrible on film tomorrow. It's going to be the most embarrassing play I've ever... Like, I've, I, I, I wish we could burn that film. Oh yeah, we just... So we're having some fun earlier today. We we brought up um, sayings that don't make sense. Yeah. Like you, you were in the course of conversation, you said, you know, like, I don't get... Best thing since sliced bread. Right, right. So we asked about other sayings that don't make sense. And Bob's your uncle. What's that mean? I don't think I've ever heard that one. You've never heard it, and, and then all of a sudden, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> I've never yeah. heard that one. Okay, how about all this right. one? Here's mud in your eye. Yes! What does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know. Here's this one. Dusty writes in, says, I'm sicker than a dog. Have you ever seen a really, really sick dog? I mean, how often do dogs even get really sick? Yeah, right? And even when they are sick, they're still happy to see you. Right, the tail's usually wagging. Yeah. Sicker than a dog. My mom, oh, wait, hold on. My mom used to say, do you want to take your lunch to school or walk? What does that mean? Do you want to take your lunch to school? Your mom was drunk. <laughs> I'm drunk. Listen, son, I hate to I hate to ruin your memories yeah, here, but not, uh, that's not a standard old wives' tale saying. That is your mom tipping the bottle a little bit. <laughs> uh, somebody asked, "What the heck is loaded for bear?" Oh, it takes like it takes a you can't stop a bear with just a bullet. Like the, you got to have a big like elephant gun. So if you're loaded for bear. Yeah, it's like, you got, you're not going to be taken down. This is cocaine bear. Yeah, this is cocaine bear. It's going to take more than one slug. We'd have to get Derek Wolf on. That's right. He could tell you what loaded for bear. Yes. Uh, Joan Aurora says, that's neither here nor there. If it's not here or there, then where is it? It's not here. It's not there. It's a great point. Where is it? It can only be here or there. Right. There's only two places something can be. Here. Here or there. Or there. If it's neither here nor there. So is that is that but does that make sense then? If you're saying about something, hey, that's neither here or there. Like like if your if your son gives you an excuse for um you know, being a juvenile delinquent. Right. And he gives you his excuse and you just say, Hey, look, that's neither here nor there. Meaning you got you had no leg to stand on. Yeah. Not here. It's not. It's there. not here. They're not there. So stop trying to. But give it me is this, here. But stop trying to give me that crap. But it is. But it, it actually is here, though. Yeah, but no. But the, the excuse isn't here or there, which means I don't. I don't buy it. Where is it? It's got to be somewhere. It, 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 it means it doesn't exist. It's not valid. Highly dubious. <laughs> Highly dubious. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. <laughs> I like this one. What about like? When always DMAC says you have to draft a quarterback in the top five. What does that mean? Yeah, that is a good point. That is <laughs> a good right. point. That's neither here nor there. No, it isn't. Uh, let's see. Anybody other? Any other ones? Why is uh, mud in your eye? I think. Yeah, that's a good one. You've never heard it, and then Bob's your uncle? Never heard Bob's your uncle. Am I the only one that's heard, and then Bob's your uncle? What about don't look a gift horse in the mouth? Oh, that's, WTF that- does that mean? I can tell you what that one means. Well, you grew up with horses. Yeah. So back in the day, 
a, a veterinarian would check the health of a horse by his teeth. Okay. Okay, so... Okay, would, so far you got me. Okay, so you don't look... gift. If somebody gives you the gift of a horse, don't check its teeth, because basically you're saying, do I want this gift? Is this gift good? Is this gift... Oh. So you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You don't check why that See, person uh, okay. who gives you the gift Just is there. Just accept the gift. Just accept the gift. Okay. And don't look for the flaws in the gift. Mark, you just said something that doesn't make sense. What exactly is ass over tea kettle? There you go. All right. You just said Tom Nalen got knocked ass over tea kettle. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I don't know anything. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. I don't. What? <laughs> Your ass went over the tea kettle. That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't make sense. It's neither here nor there. Okay. Right. Uh, tonight, Avs, Kings. You expect uh, more of the same of what we saw the other night from the yeah, Avs? I, I think the Avs are going to start. I think the Avs are, one, we've already established that we've got birds in the bush. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to start rolling. Avs are, Avs are getting themselves primed and ready to make this uh, Stanley Cup. They see push. the finish line. Yeah. They see the finish line. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you get a strong performance from them tonight against the Kings. See what's the line here? Minus one sixty. I might even be. I would even go the minus one and a half again. Goal and a half. Uh, CSU plays number one seed San Diego State. CU plays number one seed UCLA. Do you give? Uh, if you had to pick one to upset, who would it be? Uh, CU. Yes, they played UCLA kind of pretty tough the uh, not not too long ago. Okay. I always wonder sometimes about these top seeds too in the conference tournaments. They already have their. They part. already know. They already have their. Ticket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 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 they know that really nothing can really really change their seeding in these conference tournaments. So sometimes it's those those teams that are on the bubble, the underdog teams. Right. They're more dangerous than usual. So all right, if I had to choose between CU and CSU to pull off an upset today, yeah, I'll agree with you. We'll go with. Uh, We'll go with the buffs. Good luck, Tad Boyle and crew. That'll do it for us. We'll hand things off to the Players Club coming up next. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 